1: PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
2: It's the Luca Pete Show. It's Monday the 3rd of April, which means it's two days after April Fool's Day. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the gyps? Did you enjoy the jokes? Did you enjoy someone setting your house on fire? It's all going off. Love can a bit set, of April Fools.
1: Can, can you, can you can set someone's house on fire on April 1st and go, look, Up it's until 11.59am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if
2: it's still burning That's after it. midday, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, you do have to extinguish it. You do have to extinguish Bang it. Bang on yeah. midday, it's got to yeah. go. Oh, the look, fire, you know, you know last week I was saying that I am uh, knocking on the door. Of, I, I, I'm still reeling from 41 and knocking on the door of um, 42. And now we're in April, I very much am knocking on the door of 42. Um, I had to... Give up the fight, Luke, and I finally got my first filling at forty-one years old.
1: Wow. Okay. So what happened? You you felt a bit pain in your tooth. You went to the dentist, and he I said, did, right, I've got some "I bad did. I did." He said,
2: you. "He said, Pete, you clearly take care of yourself. The muscles speak a thousand <laughs> words." Um, um, but he, uh, but he said, um, but I said, "I've got, um I, I, I ate an oyster." And and there was still a bit of shell in there and it caught my tooth and it hurts a bit. Um but it's on it's it's not like an ongoing thing. It's not like a big bit of pain. So mm. he um x-rayed me. Um don't it's know Good I, seeing
1: the X ray of your mouth.
2: But like X-ray machines nowadays are so like he just wheels it over, like it's floating mm. arm of X-ray, poof, poof, he leaves the room, bang, bang. And and, and he checks out your teeth and I, like back in the day, you used to have to like go into a special room, bite on this fucking thing, and he. But yeah. it was like a big old deal. That was the last time I went for an x ray dentist Last time I went to the dentist, about, you know, twelve years ago or something. And um, and then uh, Americans yeah, when, are rolling on the floor here. <laughs> and went in. Yeah, but I spent all my time in the dentist when I was a kid, so I don't have to now. I've had, I've had my brace work. I mean, I've had I'm the, the same brace as work. you,
1: but that's not how it
2: works. <laughs> I've had my brace work done. My teeth are nice and um, they've just got funny colours. <laughs> they've just got bad colours. Your teeth um, are fine, but what, what, so fine. what happened? Um, yeah, the two, he basically said, I mean, you could probably get away with getting a filling. So he's literally, it was, this was like an elected kind of filling. And I was like, oh, okay. You could then.
1: probably get away with having a filling. You could probably he's get away with not having one. Dentists probably... <laughs> don't speak like that.
2: You then could probably get away with leaving it for a bit. You could probably get away with that. you in the Turkish it? barbers again. Catch it and yeah, they uh, yeah, they, um, yeah. And, and 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 so I'm I'm basically electing, and, and I've decided it is important to you know make that so, sort of sort um, of uh, make that kind of um, clarification. I am electing to get myself a filling, giving up the ghost with my fluoride-ridden teeth at the age but of nothing, forty-one. There's
1: nothing. Um... There's nothing you can do about a mechanical
2: break of your tooth. I mean, that's just one of those things. No, but I I just think... But the amount of sugar I eat, Luke, the amount of sweets... I I think it's because I just don't drink enough fruit juice. I'm just constantly eating sweets, and how would my teeth manage to survive? Best thing you can do with the
1: fruit juice is is drink it through a straw, apparently.
2: Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's So have you had the filling,
1: or you penciled in to have it?
2: I've had it, yeah. Piece
1: of piss. Fine, absolutely fine. You shouldn't... um, You know you're not supposed to fly for two weeks after a filling, because there's sometimes air pockets underneath it, which can pop it out Where's that come from? No, is it because no, you go into a pressurised cabin, if you've had oh, a filling done recently, and there's an you're, air supposed, pocket to, that you're supposed to wait for the
2: air to dissipate
1: because sometimes it can get caught under the filling.
2: Where the hell does the air dissipate, though? Does it I just get know, absorbed just... into the teeth or the tooth? Yes, yeah, it's, it's just what I've heard. It's just what I've ah. read before.
1: Yeah. Ah. So you're in big trouble because you're flying out tomorrow, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Jesus! your head might
1: explode hope not
2: (laughs) (laughs) hope (laughs) not well it might like fire out um, at such a harsh kind of rate into the bottom of my tooth Mm -hmm. I've I've been watching a lot of the um, the mentor pilot guy you know that kind of Swiss bloke I think he's Swiss he's he's kind of upped his production standards um, considerably and he's now got like 3D animations of why the Helios flight um, I think that was the one that was a ghost flight and why the Air France thing blew up and why these people and and a l- like, a lot of it, like, it, the, 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 all of the signs... It's not funny. All of the signs are saying, please please stop turning right. Please stop turning right. And they look down at their, their wheel and they just turn right. And then they go into an uncontrollable dive and they all—they every, kill everyone. And, like, everyone's just, like, they don't look at their instruments. They know... They can't see anything outside. They don't look at their instruments. They're confused. They think they're going up when they're going down. And there's just a lot of stuff. that's just, like, spatial, like... The, the tricks your brain can do and how you prioritise and how when you're under stress and you're confused all of your training goes out the fucking window and it's all just like <clears throat> people just smashing themselves into mountains and swamps. Yeah, swamp so the weird, it's wild the weird, um, always flying yeah, out of Jakarta yeah <laughs> the
1: Air France one you're talking about was that the one that, f- that came down from it was flying from Rio
2: to Paris that was the that was the climb one wasn't it it, it, didn't, yeah, it where just they shot had the engine
1: they had like a one of the joysticks was on the wrong side in the design, mm. and so the right. experienced captain couldn't see what the first officer was doing, right? And he kept putting him back on the stick, yeah. And, he, and they had no idea, I mean, it seemed like an absolutely ridiculous
2: <laughs> flaw. It just said it, it, there was one where it was like, you know, you have like one engine, um, you know, you can have like I guess there was two or four engines, well, it must be two engines, where you, you the the thing, the thrust thing that you pull down to make it go. Uh, slower, and you push forward to go faster, I think, or maybe the other way around, I don't really know, but they can be separated, so you can do one side that that works harder than the other, and one engine goes goes to full power while the other one doesn't, and so, like, you're in a situation where um, you may try and turn left, but if you're only like bashing on one engine like it's only going to go in the engine the way that the engine says basically and so like it's absolutely wild like the the, the disorientation these kind of these really experienced pilots yeah. can experience and and how yeah. confused like the, the 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 co-pilot can get and the and the co-pilot doesn't want to speak out and it's political and it's confusing and yeah. and, and 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 obviously every time something crashes, there, there was there was about, definitely
1: an issue um They've read that in one of Malcolm Gladwell's books. There's definitely issues around, like, seniority in certain cultures yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it means that they're not the, – the the senior pilot or the captain or whatever isn't mm. always held to account because the first officer feels too junior and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, also, yeah. There, was one, there was also one where – I can't remember the South American country. might have been Venezuela, where this Venezuelan pilot I, – I, I think it was Venezuela. Anyway – they had, they had a very big issue around um, inferiority complexes when flying into JFK because right. the JFK air traffic control guys were brutal, right? right really bossy. yeah. And um, this is, anyway, to cut a long story short, I, I believe it was a Venezuelan pilot was literally saying to JFK, we're running out of fuel, can we land, please? And JFK would go, get fucked. You get in the queue, big boy. And they just weren't saying anything. They were like, all right, yeah, sorry about that. And they crashed. Oh, no. Yeah. So like that, that is, kind of stuff goes on perhaps a little bit more terrifyingly often than you think. That's
2: more my vibe. That oh, is big I, time. I, That is like, can I please use the toilet, please? <laughs> yeah, can I please yeah. use the toilet, please? Please piss himself. <laughs> but that's have you seen, stuff. did
1: you watch that Netflix doc about um, Flight MH370?
2: I've not watched it yet. No, I was you should watch it. that. Yeah. I was
1: literally about to say you should watch that on your flight when you go away. Don't do
2: that. But <laughs> I, at some point, do watch it. I got, me, I got me to have a Steam Deck because um, uh, I, I sold my Switch because I was like, I'll, 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 I'll have a crack at a Steam Deck, and um, I was going to install Microsoft um, Flight Simulator. Imagine on it, being the kind like, of imagine...
1: person that gets rid of your Switch two months before the new Zelda game comes out. <laughs> you must be out, out <laughs> of your
2: fucking mind doing that. Oh dear, yeah, that's that's coming up soon. I didn't finish the first one. It's too involved. Too hard for you. Too hard for you. Too hard yeah. for me. You didn't anyway, finish that, it, that, did
1: you? Anyway, that MH370 documentary, it gets a bit kind of fanciful halfway through, but it is right. really interesting, all the stuff that went on. Yeah. And, and they still don't really know what, what happened. And That's the one that, that just gassed out. It just, just ran out of gas well, and just smashed I, I think, the sea. I think there's an issue with the idea that um, the secrecy of the certain jurisdictions and I think a lot there's a lot of Chinese um, passengers on. The plane, and so the Chinese government are pretty kind of controlling in that part of the world, and trying right. to stymie information. And it's just essentially, as always happens, particularly these days, when there's a vacuum, mm. just, it's just these stories, like these these like conspiracy theory stories, just kind of populate the space. And so it's very difficult. I feel very very sorry for the families of the victims who haven't really had any answers at all, which in this day and age is absolutely ridiculous. And same, mean,
2: especially because like you are um you'd think that aviation's aviation's one of those things that always seems like it's above governmental kind of um getting involved y ness you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when th- when things crash in like um Russia or places you you sort of almost think that, you know, this is big boy stuff. This is above party politics, this is above um uh, geographical kind of like politics, this is this is making this is furthering humanity yeah. Um, but it's not always the case people Doesn't you know, work like co- that.
1: governments do get involved now and i think i think um you know to to to, to hear that you're someone your family there's a guy in that documentary poor guy who's like wife and i think three children all died hmm. and um he just has no i mean literally, has no idea what happened to his family and like yeah. it's one thing to have a horrific tragic accident like that happen but really yeah. in these days you should be you should it's not asking too much to a be able to be told what actually happened to your family. I mean, given they know everything about everything, um, they know where every plane is at all times for the most part. Yeah. They, um, they've got black box recorders, all the rest of it, but it's just yeah, it's just not been possible. Really, really sad. Yeah. Um, a documentary that's worth watching, though, very interesting. Um, mm. Very well put together, I thought. Mm. Um, Peter, let's have a, have a quick break. When we do, mm. we'll come back, because we want to do a slightly chunkier second half, because we've got some really good emails we want to get through. All right, then. Cool.
2: Would say that my day rate is twelve thousand pounds. That was good. That was so good. I'm sorry. I was just just practicing. I've got to zoom later on. Um, (laughs) I I think my I think my my day rate is twelve thousand pounds. What's
1: interesting about that thing is that. (laughs) If if I said to you pick a couple of politicians who would do that <laughs> straight away bang bang yeah. exactly this what's his yeah. fucking
2: name um uh Hancock. It, the best the best bit was like well, I think Quartey went um yeah like what 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 are you looking what are you looking to get <laughs> because uh, well probably about um tw- 12,000 pounds a year or, Oh, month? he said that a month he said, oh, month. Month? He said yeah. like probably 12,000 pounds a month um and they went oh we'd be we were sort of looking like 10 thousand pounds a day he's like yeah yeah that's what i was thinking that's I was thinking. <laughs> that's considerably more quasi come on did you sell yourself so short well not if he's only doing it one day a month mate same. yeah well that's what that was his point yeah
1: did you did you see um for those of you who are listening who don't know what this is this is basically a, a sting that was set up by a a, a a um a media company to create a fake south korean company to see if they could honey trap politicians into doing a load of lucrative work on the side when they should have been representing their constituents. And a um, few people f- fell foul of it. Um, but interestingly enough, I don't know if you know this, Pete, but that was also, it was also down in America before that. And uh, they got Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And um, all he was doing was just eating chocolate pudding with his fingers on the Zoom. <laughs> 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 anyway right hello at dot is the email address as I'm sure you all know by now yes uh, we've got a few good emails that have been on f- uh, that are follow-ups um, from things we've talked about in kind of recent weeks so um, Peter do you want to pick one to do first
2: I'll, I'll start off with Scott's um, yeah do you remember with... the
1: story he's referring to or do you need me to refresh you
2: um, where your mum thought you were taking drugs because she saw you with a small packet of aftershave that you got free. Like a free sample of aftershave. That's right, to find exactly, a magazine. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The recent story about Luke's mother uh, thinking he was on the gear after finding his aftershave sample has brought back memories of a similar tale that was lodged deep in my brain. In the late 90s, I was in my mid-teens and I'd just had my train track style braces removed. To stop any further movement in my teeth, I had to sleep with a retainer. Obviously sleeping with it in, the returner was stinking the next morning. And I had to clean it by leaving it in a glass of water and dropping in a special effervescent tablet. Now, I was given a pack of a hundred of these to keep me going until the next checkup. These effervescent tablets came in a little square metal foil packet, and to the uh, untrained eye, looked very much like a condom packet. I kept them in a physio sport, a much-laundered deodorant brand by teenage lads of the time, wash bag, in a drawer under my wardrobe. My mother, for some reason that remains unknown, came across said bag and thought that her just-turned-15-year-old wee boy was a sex-crazed maniac, which was unfortunately for 15-year-old awkward me, far from the truth. (laughs) Uh, I came home from school to see her sitting with them spread over the dining table like a police weapons amnesty hall, (laughs) bawling her eyes out. After being unable to get a word in edgeways, I grabbed one and put it in my younger brother's juice, (laughs) who who at eight years old was oblivious to the commotion. I can't remember what happened after, but what I can say is my teeth are now fine. This <laughs> has been a long forgotten story, and I'm looking forward to regaling it at the last family get together, the next family get together. Keep the vlog, guys. Get through the week. Uh, cheers, Scott in Edinburgh. I mean, it's excellent. What I love about that is that you can't remember whether the parent, your caregiver, said sorry for being yeah. weird. They never did. Now. You have to. You have to fess up. You have to be the bigger guy. But then you're just like, oh well. If you ever do dare to fucking, yeah, let that be let, a lesson yeah, to you. Yeah. That's what but, would happen if it, that was drugs or condoms.
1: But presumably, <laughs> though, like the, the logic around it is surely that if your 15 year old son is, you know, yeah, sexually active, promiscuous, he's using condoms at least. It's not fucking, yeah, but thing, he is right? being
2: responsible. Yeah the young ladies of Edinburgh are all satisfied. Men. All men. Yeah. Are satisfied and safe. Well, you don't, you right? don't know that part of it. I don't it's know 15. that part,
1: um, but, but it's, Scott.
2: Scott, I mean, if you could just write us back, would you have been good at sex at 15 if indeed you <laughs> have not sex? All you right, don't do that, just Scott. so he can get a mental no, Scott, image. Just listen, so he can Scott. get a mental image. Actually, don't even bother to do the look just eat, actually no. publicly tweet him. Uh, Luke at Luke Heremoa on Twitter and uh, just let him know. All right? It's fine. Big, In fact, everyone it. does that. Everyone send a message on Twitter. What are you doing? <laughs> it's Rory, it's producer Rory's have did the work here, not you. <laughs> um what was going to say? When um uh when Pitchfork did a top was it top 20? Top oh don't be
1: fucking come on come on top
2: 50 brit pop albums. albums uh you seemed a bit annoyed by the, the 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 whole make of it i sort of skimmed through i don't really care about those kind of things but i don't I did. generally either i let myself no, down really no you left a, you left an open goal for me uh and 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 number one was pulp's different class an album an act that luke doesn't necessarily respect um i i would agree i don't think different class certainly isn't uh top 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 ten, uh, but I think his and hers should have been higher than what it was. Um, but um, oh, I we just love time for that. I just love uh, and and I got very excited and just kept on send, taking pictures of myself uh, t- and sending them to you on Twitter, um, like stupid faces and stuff. And because um, i have quite a versatile fat fat old face these days, like I can really sort of make myself look really terrible. Yeah, you,
1: you do really run the spectrum from all the way from crypto fascist to straight fascist.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fat fascist. <laughs> um, but but um, but I, I did it and I was like, you shouldn't tweet just after you've woken up, Pete. I, I, nah. I'd had a little nap. I wa- yeah. And when I wake up, I'm excited. I'm feeling fruity. I'm getting involved. Oh, and, send- and I'm sending you pictures of me first. It's just, oh, the other it's, day, I got, like, very the other excited.
1: day I, I got woken up at like four in the morning for some reason. I can't remember mm. why. And I, I didn't get back to sleep straight away. And I went into the bathroom. I'll tell you what it was. I was a bit ill and had a cough. I I didn't want to wake the wife I have access to up, so I went into the bathroom to finish off coughing, and I put the light on so I could see what I was doing. Caught myself in the mirror at four in the morning, and I I was just disgusted. (laughs) What do you mean? I just looked so bad. (laughs) I just looked so bad. It was awful. It was so, honestly, it was awful. Uh, Anyway, on that list thing, my issue with that is that Pitchfork art. No, and I'm gonna get a load of shit for saying this because it's just what people are like. Right. On this kind of thing, but I'm gonna say it anyway. It's embarrassing, pitchfork. It's so embarrassing. It's Has just it the, always been
2: embarrassing? It's it's been, they've been around for a very long time, haven't they? Yeah, but they're just so
1: like it's hard to explain. There's so do you know what I don't like about culture? Is I don't like when people gatekeep culture. Right. I don't like the and, and hopefully Pete you'll agree with me on That's that. That's true,
2: and you've always been sitting on that. One. I don't like but it yeah. when
1: people So when you guys played that Dan Brown gag on me it hit home because it's funny, and it, and it made me look ridiculous, and so that's fine. But I don't actually like that snobbiness around.
2: No, but it's a, but it's, but it's not a snobbiness. It's, it's like literally your. Oh um, no, that gag was brilliant. You're curated. To do with that. You have quite. You you had then quite a curated kind of curated rather, um, kind of what people. What you gave out to the world, I would say. Yeah.
1: So maybe that's why I'm not like it now. Maybe because I just like, you know, I'm a reformed character or something, but or semi-reformed.
2: <laughs> I, I think in many ways we, we created you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Now you've destroyed me. Um, um, I went to End of the Road Festival uh, once mm. and um, I just remember a guy there. I didn't know him. He was just in the same kind of area we were in. Mm. And, the, and, and End of the Road had this um, this really cool, like, forest library. It was like a book swap thing. Right, and you'd go there. You would take a book, and you take obviously give a book, and you take a book back. Like it was kind of quite a nice thing to do, right? And people were kind of generally using it respectfully because it's quite a family-based festival or it was then. And there was just this absolute fucking helmet there, who um, who was just way too cool for everyone, and liked (laughs) the music he liked, and just just a dickhead.
2: Yeah, and
1: he was like taking uh, Ian Rankin books out of the thing and like setting fire to them (laughs) and dancing around. At End of the Road Festival. Yeah. What and just saying, oh, Ian Rankin, terrible author. Now, I actually think Ian Rank is great, and I really like his books. That's not the point. No. The point here is that like people should be free to like what they like. And if you are someone who's intimidated, say, by reading a difficult novel, it would be great to start a novel that's a bit easier, and we yeah. should be gatekeeping this stuff. And it's the same with music. The problem with music is it's so gatekeeper-y, particularly around the, fitch- the pitchfork types, where it's almost like – Oh, what, well, you can't even name like six Beatles albums. Uh, and maybe I did mm. used to be like that when I was a teenager when I was younger, and that's why I'm not like it now. But anyway, with Pitchforks on this top 50 Britpop list, they don't have an understanding of what Britpop actually was because it's all American writers. And it was, yeah. I, I, I'm very, very, very surprised based on the content of the list itself, whether they had any understanding of what Britpop actually was. So they, have these, they make these decisions based around like their perception of the critical quality of a record with not really fully understand the parameters they themselves have set and so you end up with mm. like the first elastica album being mm. higher than like definitely maybe and yeah. pulp being number one mm. and i know it's um, all subjective but yeah. it's, it's it's just fucking ridiculous it's just ridiculous it's like a completely <laughs> flawed concept to start with and as you can tell i don't really care that much about it as you can obviously tell but it's just a little bit weird i think <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing Pitchfork do, by the way, is they go back and they reassess their scores of albums for years years gone by. That's an
2: absolute wash, in it? Yeah, because they, nonsense.
1: If, if it's not stood the test of time for them, they
2: just go back and change it. Well, I I mean, that's just... just, Yeah, that is bullshit. Unbelievable. Anyway,
1: um, what about this from Andy? Sorry about that digression, but Pete forced me into it. That's all right. What about this from Andy, who um, says the following? Um, Hi, Luke and Pete. Um, Pete's story from a few weeks back regarding drowning in the sea uh, reminded me of my own ocean-related fuck-up back in 2019. I was travelling the Pacific Highway with some mates in the US and we stopped at a beach to chill, have a swim and generally take a break from the long drive. One of the boys procured a bodyboard and we started messing around in the relatively high waves. It should be noted at this point the beach was empty and no one else was in the ocean at all. Bad decision number one. Mm. After about 20 minutes we were getting bored and the waves were getting very high, maybe 10 to 15 feet in some areas. I decided to have one last go on the board before we headed off to the cheap motel on the highway we had booked for the night. I completely mistimed the wave and ended up caught underneath it as it crested, pushing me to the bottom of the ocean where I was twisted in the current and cracked my chin on something, either my knee or a rock. One of my mates was a lifeguard and pulled me up from the water to a chorus of laughter until I looked up to stretch and you could see bone through my chin. I split the bottom open and was taken to hospital for stitches. 20 stitches and $3,500 later, I was talking to the doctor who casually informed me, lucky you hid it there and not your face or you would probably be dead. Uh, he <sighs> thought this was hilarious. I did not. I still don't know what was worse, the chin or the frankly shocking hospital bill. Another lesson about not asking around the ocean. And since I now live in Sydney and not Glasgow, I have to remind myself of this every day. The scar is still there and conveniently located in a location that really draws attention to my double chin. <laughs> not really a scar that gives off the windswept and interesting vibe. As an aside, I met you both at the Ramble Live Shows in Edinburgh and Glasgow a few years back and I still have my Ramble book signed by you all, including a heartfelt message from Pete that reads, I am not the Ramble's resident bevy merchant in response to accusations from my inebriated self. Thanks for reading, Mm. and Pete, just be thankful Abraham didn't ask you for three grand for the rescue. (laughs) Cheers, lads. Andy, although Pete did tip him something Mm. in the region of about $3,000.
2: If I'd have had it, I would have given it to him. Good God. Um, What price can you put on a life of such seismic importance as yours, Peter, though? Uh, Well, exactly. The the ramblers resin bevy merchant. Who wants to lose that? I mean, you what are the you Rambles'
1: do? resident beverage. Well, Vish probably is now, but back then, <laughs> Vish
2: wasn't with us. <laughs> Yeah, but Vish does it in a nice way, like red wine and stuff.
1: No, Vish does it where he, he basically, every single Instagram posts is him holding a bottle of wine. Mm, and maybe that's always socially more wines. acceptable, whereas you're much more of a slab, 24 counter tisky kind of guy. We're still but it's both the same our, thing, isn't it?
2: We're still getting our um, legs taken off in hospital. Getting Oswald. your kicks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's have a really, really quick one before we uh, shuffle off. Um, Sam Dorrell from Bristol. Yeah. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, if you remember a while ago, I was the man who sent in my um, plus 100k steps in a day, which you said must be a software error, something I still disagree on. Anyway, you're probably aware that an ESTA is the thing that you need to enter, uh, needs to get to enter the USA, and every two years you need to apply on before you leave. On a recent trip to the States, it so happened that on the day I was traveling, my ESTA expired on the flight, when I was uh, flying over, when I got to Boston Logan, I was exc- escorted by armed guards to the secret Im- immigration room. I guess all the guards are armed there, so it's probably not that much of a of a stretch. But Uh, in there, in the immigration room, I was uh, listening to an armed guard holding his gun in the holster forcing an Indian man back to his home country on the next flight out as he hadn't booked a flight home within six weeks. Uh, The cost was over uh, £3,000, $3,000 and he was encouraged, forcefully to pay for it immediately without any defence. I also saw a situation where guns were slightly pointed at a group from Mexico that were causing a scene. It was the most uncomfortable I've ever been. Luckily, I was able to redo the ester in the waiting room from what I can only assume was my uh, white skin and British passport. But the signal in the room was so bad that each page took Minutes to load. I was only in there for about an hour, but the things I saw were absolutely <laughs> horrific. Sam Dorr from Bristol. Yeah, it's it's stressful, isn't it? It's it's horrible. Um, there's an air of menace uh, in in the way that um, people look at you in in in, in at the airport. Um, yeah, and-
1: so it's weird because Boston Logan, to, in my experience, is actually the by far the most reasonable one I've ever flown through. Hmm. So must just be unlucky, I guess. But yeah, it's not great yeah. to hear that, is it?
2: Hmm. It's a bit. It's a bit um, much,
1: you really. you you don't get um, you don't get
2: hassled, do you Pete? When you're in the airport, normally. Well, again, I mean, yeah, again, I, out of the out of the two resident bevy masters of the ramble, I think we all know which one are more likely to be bothered at an airport. As, Jules, it, as to be fair, Jules makes it the top three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jules is drunk all the time. So, oh come on, <laughs> oh come on. But I'm I, saying, yeah, but but I said you you. I, I think um, in on 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 planes. I think you kind of you, there's no there's no better place to fucking challenge your, um, your, your privilege as a white person than in a fucking airport. Because no yeah. one looks at you compared to anyone who's Completely got darker skin. It's incredible. Totally agree. Um,
1: uh, before, and yeah. Before we go, can I just finish off by saying something that I really wanted to mention but I forgot earlier. Have you seen this thing where people on Twitter who've been banned and suspended right. are using the um, appeal process mm. to um, obviously try and get reinstated And someone at some point noticed that under the new Elon Musk regime, basically all you have to type into the bit where you make your representations about why you shouldn't be banned or why it was a mistake is you just have to type in, I feel like I'm being persecuted for my right-wing beliefs
2: and people are getting instantly reinstated. (laughs) Good stuff. I might get Transfer Fraser back up and running. Do it. Do it. (laughs) You should. You should. All those shadow
1: accounts that you've got, get them up and running again, mate. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, all those pulp fan accounts, get them going again.
2: Yeah. All um, right. Let's
1: go. Let's get out of here. Le- take right. us home,
2: baby. um Oh, are you ready to get home? Get your get your get your robe on. I've started. A, I've run your bath. Let's get into the bath.
1: Can you stop this now? Let's get warm.
2: <laughs> this is the, the worst doctor thing Doctor is in. <laughs> You're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Oh, dear. Right, I'll see you you
1: later. No, don't just say I'll see you later. See you later.
2: uh, They've heard this a million times. (laughs) they it a million times again. See you later. See you later.
0: Luke and Pete Show is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.